you will believe what's gonna happen. What happened to you? I got my ass kicked. On this episode, join Andy and Luke as they discuss the Ronda Rousey action adventure extravaganza, The Expendables 3. Welcome to the Road Home on Film. Are you crazy? Gonna kill me! All right, welcome back to the Road Home on Film. My name's Andy Comedy, allowed to take from the Road Home from Wrestling World Headquarters of the world. And today, <laughs> I got Luke with me. What's up, Luke? What's up? Is that your thing? That. Yeah, I guess. I Just mean... to show everybody how cool I am right from the outset. What's up? I mean, true and how current you know because we're uh, talking about a movie today from all the way back in the far off time of 2014 you know which are actually pretty good times if you think about it so. yep um we're talking about expendables three today luke um we have covered one and two and now we're on to number three i you know do you have any history with this movie no, not some. I like. I think I'm pretty sure I saw this at the cinema. Other than that, I did not have any memory of it as I started watching it. What about you? I absolutely had not seen this, so this is my first time watching ah. this movie. And I gotta say, I had a lot of fun watching this movie, and uh, I think I kind of loved it. So <laughs> I can't All wait right. to talk about it. That does not mean. We're not going to talk about stupid ass shit that happens in this movie because we absolutely are. Because that's the best thing about these movies is even when, you know, it makes sense, there's still stupid ass shit going on. That's just like, wow, I can't believe that made it into a movie. Amazing. So here we are. Um, now, Luke, we also are going to have some new folks to talk about because we definitely have some folks not showing up in this uh, particular episode of the Expendables um, saga. And uh, we have some folks that we think aren't going to show up, but then do all of a sudden. Yes, we do. So we have lots of people who, that are named and listed. And I'm like, who? 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 <laughs> going to sound like a bloody out. Who? Who? And why do I care about these people? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely something that's going to happen to me while we talk about this movie. I'm just being like, um, can we cut this whole part out? Which which part? This whole like <laughs> half an hour? No, no. <laughs> but you know, Luke, there's something about this movie we haven't talked much about it. Just kind of a few messages here and there. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's something about this movie that's different than the other Expendables movies. And I kind of noticed about ten minutes in, I was like. Oh, because there's something different about it. And normally the, this would make me hate a movie, but I didn't really consider what it like that it would matter. You know, I don't know why, but it didn't really matter to me. Did you notice what this was that was different about this Expendables movie than all the rest of them? Well, I, I, uh, I think you're going to say the thing I'm thinking of great minds and stuff. Is, is it that, uh, uh, so many kids were complaining to their parents that they couldn't see the first two Expendables movies. So it was such an uproar that so I was like, fine, we'll make the next one PG-13. PG <laughs> That's right. Right. It's PG-13. And, and like like I said, I noticed about five, ten minutes in that there was mm -hmm. no blood. And I was like, oh, shit. 
Um, now that doesn't mean people aren't, you know, horribly maimed and killed. That absolutely happens. It just kind of, it happens off screen sort of. So, um, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't really miss it and I didn't miss the F words or anything like that. How did you feel about the rating versus the other expendables? You're making a big dumb action movie. That's a callback to big dumb action movies, which were often not PG 13. So you've kind of gone off course a little bit expendable three but uh, to be honest you, you kind of notice it at the start and then you're just like eh whatever you just go yeah. along for the ride it's fine it reminds me of like uh, remember those underworld movies like <sighs> those are all those are all pg-13 but if they're hyper violent you know it's just not a, there's just no blood basically and that's kind of what this is like where it's just yes there's awful bloody terrible things happening just with no blood you know just maybe a, a speck you know. In this movie, Terry Crews will shoot you with a big gun, and you won't explode. No, no, not this time. That's probably and, uh, saves some money as well, dude. And he didn't yell out the window, eat shit this time, which is a little no. upsetting. But, you know, I mean, he said other fun stuff. Eat so. poopy doesn't seem to have the same ring to it, but uh, yeah, whatever, man. Let's go. Well, Luke, tell us, uh, you know, we got to go through these actors, and, uh, you know, and see how you thought they did. We had some new additions, but I guess uh, – Maybe we should start with the star of the show. All right. But, well, I'm actually being going to be even more naughty and start with the director. Who, oh, uh, shit. Uh, new director? Yeah, new director. Oh, this wow, is okay. a, This is a guy whose uh, two movies he directs are after Expendables 3, I thought were garbage butter, and that is The Hitman's Bodyguard and The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Uh, so, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he hadn't really directed much those. before. The, yeah, I've yeah I've already reviewed them too. There, yeah. Why? <sighs> hey, thanks for thanks for doing that, so we don't have to. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that yeah, that sounds like some bad shit. So so he it, did he direct anything before this? Not really. Some movie called Red Hill or something. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So this is okay. kind of like, for some reason Stallone was just like, all right, you've got what it takes, I guess. But he's like, also, I'm gonna wear you as my beard for this show. That's what's that's right. Because so, I'm sure that uh, Stallone had a little bit of input on direct here, directorial oh, yeah. type decisions. But uh, well, who else do we have that's new in this movie? All right, we've got two new writers as well that joined Sylvester Stallone, so that's awesome. I guess uh, needed two extra writers for Stallone to copy most of the plot for number two, but that's okay. Uh, we have two writers who uh, wrote the Olympus movies. If you've ever heard of those, Olympus has fallen, oh, London God. has fallen, and Angel has fallen. So uh, we've got Catherine uh, Benedict and also Creighton uh, Rothenberger. <laughs> if that is your real name. Oh, and the director's name is Patrick Hughes, by the way. But yeah, so uh, those two, uh, the new writers with Stallone for this movie. And yes, all right, we'll get to the actors. I guess you want to talk about the main star. Is, is it Terry Crews again? I wish. But, no, um, I mean, well, British, I, you know, uh, you can take that. WWE champion, maybe? You could take that two different ways. I mean, because if we're here to talk about wrestling, it's Ronda Rousey. But if we're talking about the real star of the show, it's somebody else. So it's up to you where we go from here, Luke. Oh, well, if we're talking about the real star of the show and the guy kind of kind of steals everything for me, it's uh, Antonio Banderas. Let's start oh, with okay. him. Okay. 
So he's got a bit of a history with uh, Mr. Stallone. They've worked on a, a movie together back in the 90s. You might remember it. It's called Assassins, <laughs> which uh, I remember being pretty good. I think um, Bridget Fonda might be in that as well. I can't remember. Quite so, yes, it's a pretty good uh, action movie. It's directed by Richard Donner. So, uh, you know, oh, it's wow. it was also written by the Wachowskis. So, yeah. Uh, it's Julianne Moore, I think, not uh, Bridget Fonda. I got that wrong, but that's okay. So, yes, it's a decent movie. Of course, we know him from so many things. He's freaking Desperado. You know, Interview yes. with the Vampire, Zorro, he's Puss in Boots. It's freaking Antonio Banderas. He's amazing. Did you know, Luke, this is also his triumphant return to the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. He was in a little movie, not since the days of Doolittle. Have we seen the oh face of A- Antonio von Banderas, which is the worst movie we've ever reviewed on this show? There's I love Antonio no I, von Banderas, by the way. It, it was better than than, <laughs> or actually, Powerbomb was better than Too Little. So <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. How bad it was? Too Little was absolutely awful. But yes, uh, that's Mr. Antonio Banderas. He's fantastic. Von Banderas. Antonio Von Banderas, yes. <laughs> and since this is a wrestling podcast, I will jump straight to a wrestler who is a former WWE champion. Uh, her name is Ronda Rousey, of course. We all know her from well the WWE. She's turned up in, in things here and there. She's in Furious 7, which which is awesome, I guess. If you, if you like those movies, which I, I kind of do, I did I did review all of them. But yes, it's UFC lady, Ronda Rousey. She's turned up in things. She was awful as uh, Sonya Blade in one of the one of the uh, Mortal Kombat games. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there we go, Ronda Rousey. Okay. Well, what's your history with Ronda Rousey? How do you know about her? What do you think about her? whether it's in the UFC octagon or in the wrestling ring of WWE. Don't really know anything about the UFC because I don't care about it. I like my fighting to be scripted and choreographed. Thank you so much. Please. And thank you. I didn't watch all of your WWE run because by then I kind of stopped following it or watching it regularly, but I saw some of her matches and yeah, she was fine. She was all right, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, strap in because I got a lot more to say about her than you do. So I first heard about her, of course, when she was in the UFC. Mm -hmm. And I have some buddies that every once in a while I would watch a fight, you know, the fights with them. And it's not really for me. However, Ronda Rousey fights were incredible. It was like Mike Tyson. It was like (laughs) unbelievable. And I can't like it, it caught the nation over here in the United States. It was with a fever you know, and everybody was talking about it and you just had to watch her fights. Her fights were just, she was absolutely dominant for so long that when she finally lost, it just shattered her, you know what I mean? And she really kind of didn't ever recover. And that's usually what seems to be what happens with a lot of the like really dominant like fighters is that a lot of times that, you know, once they lose, it's just kind of over. But, um, her fights are awesome. If you get a chance to watch them, they're fantastic. And, you know, if you like that kind of thing in WWE, when she first came in, she came in and like feuded with um, uh, Stephanie McMahon, if I remember right. And that angle was awesome. And like her match was incredible. And like, I was 
blown I remember away. that tag match. Yeah, it was tremendous. And and like I think she had one after that that I thought was really good. But then you know it, it started to become something that was more not quite the same. And I think that she's been back since a couple times when I haven't been paying attention. But that first one was great. And her showing up with the you know the rowdy rowdy piper gear on and shit. I mean that was that was hype stuff. That was pretty cool. She is a fucking star. How do you think she did in this movie, Luke? Uh, being the only woman in this movie, uh, I think she held up her end very well. But of course, being the only woman in this movie, she's going to be sexualized big time, every time, all the time, because that's what she these didn't get buried, though. No, I she did not. She, is she? You know, she probably has a staff that makes sure that doesn't happen when she signs on to things. But she did not get buried. She got put over pretty strong. Yes, she did. And uh, here we go. We got another. New arrival in the Expendables franchise, and it's Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Blade. It's Blade himself, and he also has a bit of history with uh, Mr. Sly Stallone, of course, making the really fun movie A Demolition Man. And, of course, we I've seen him in lots of things, Passenger 57, White Man Come Jump. For some reason, I've even seen Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, which was, at the time like uh, uh america's answer to uh some uh, uh women in drag movie that australia had made that was big that oh, year. really huh yeah so uh i can't think of what that name is so that's gonna haunt me really? for the rest of this uh thing but yeah he's been in lots of stuff mr action man and he's also been to the jails for not paying his taxes so that's gonna oh. suck yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I really like Blade. Blade's awesome, of course, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I think of him from White Men Can't Jump. And there's another movie where this is funny because we did money playing on this show, but there's <laughs> another movie called Money Train. And it's it's another movie with um, with Wesley Snipes and uh, and the the white dude that's in White Dude Can't White Man Can't Jump. Mm. It's like the same. It's the same cast pretty much. And uh you know, it's got J-Lo in it, if I remember correctly. And that is uh, another one of those movies that is just fantastic that I remember him from. But I always liked him. And uh, Pastor 57 is fucking awesome. And uh, Always I bet on black. That's yeah, the that's, that's the right. Yeah. I don't remember that movie. Yeah, that was a great one. I, I need to go back and watch that shit. How do you think he did in this movie? <laughs> uh, if uh, a certain Mr. Antonio von Banderas wasn't in it, he might have been the actor that stole the show for me. Uh, wow. So okay. I thought I thought he was great, uh, and and you know I, I thought he was a good addition. I feel, felt like he he melded into the uh, the group very well. Also, it was Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Was there that? You uh, yes. There we are. I just I had to get that in. I'm interested. You know, I thought that uh, he did very well, but I thought his stuntman did like fantastic. Like his stuntman was on fire in this movie. Oh yeah. So like he's in his 40s by the time early 50s by the time this movie comes out right and i'm like i don't think he's doing some of that stuff it's the same with mr ben Darris, but that's okay yeah we i you know I you think it was really uh mr von banderas who was doing all that parkour stuff oh like, no but <laughs> I, it was just funny because we meet wesley snipes in the movie and all of a sudden he's doing all these flippy flops and it's like hey antonio banderas does the same thing it's just at that point i've seen a whole movie of that you know, when you meet yeah. Wesley Snipes, it's like the very beginning. So, uh, 
you know, but I, I love, love him. He's fantastic. Yep. All right. We're going to, before we move on to a lot of people I do not know, uh, we're going to go to someone who <laughs> gets his name on the poster, gets to be an action star for like one movie. And his name is like mentioned alongside the action greats. Who do you think this man is? Yes, everyone. It's fucking Fraser Crane himself. Kelsey Grammer, <laughs> Mr. Frazier, or Sideshow Bob. I know him both as those uh, two iconic roles. I was a big uh, Frazier fan in the, in the 90s. I really liked that show. And, yeah, I'd love me some Sideshow Bob's episodes of The Simpsons as well, you know, especially in the 90s when uh, The Simpsons was good. So, yes, those. I know he's been in lots of things here and there. He's even been in that uh, movie you just talked about, Money Plane, Chewing Up the Scenery. Yeah. One- but uh, it's his triumphant return uh, to the podcast, of course. I, I have to say that, you know, I have a controversial opinion, and that is that I think Frazier is terrible, and I never once laughed at it. But, you know, I also was uh, never gave it a chance, really. But, man, nah, that's not true. I tried to watch it many times, and I was just like, uppity white people. Great. Fuck them. You know, <laughs> that was my take on that show. But I did like him on Cheers, you know, and uh, I'm sure there's many, many other things. Oh, there's a really funny movie. Uh, well, it's not funny. It's it's terrible. It's it's like one of the worst movies ever made with it's starring Kelsey Grammer as a and it's called Periscope Down or he's a ship captain. Down Periscope. There you go. Down Periscope. There it is. Yeah, I was close. That is. Woo. That's something else right there. So check that out if you want to torture yourself. How do you think he did in this movie? I thought he did pretty great. He was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought he absolutely loved being involved in this movie. You could tell he was having a great time. He plays uh, a guy named Bonaparte. Lots of charisma. Really cool. I liked him. Yeah. He, fit, he kind of fit right in. You were like, really? Frazier's in this one? Like an action movie? Yeah. Here he is. And he kind of fit right in. I liked his role in it. It was good. If we didn't have our main bad guy it would have been fun if like it was i don't know somehow they were working together or if they didn't have the main bad guy you want fraser crane to turn on him right like <laughs> that's what i wanted that's the the movie the more interesting movie i was writing in my head was one where he turns on him all of a sudden you know or something but that didn't happen yeah that's true uh, but uh no good guys are allowed to die in the pg-13 action movie no. i think i think that's the law and uh, all right, we're going to go to some people I don't know so well and one person that's a complete douchebag. But before we do that, I'm going to have to go to one of my favorite character actors here because he's oh, he's just so awesome. He's been in such uh, amazing box office smashes as Showgirls <laughs> and Predator yes. 2. Yes, he has. But he's also been in some amazing movies like The Goonies, Die Hard, and he's one of my favorite Bond villains uh, playing France Sanchez in License to Kill. This guy's Robert Dovey, Maniac Cop 2. Oh, the man himself. You've, if you guys don't know Robert Dovey's name, if you Google Robert Dovey, uh, D-A-V-I, everyone, just to help you out, uh, you'll see his face and be like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in things. I've seen him heaps of stuff, yeah. Yeah, Robert Dovey's tremendous. You know, obvi- I mean, like you said, he's in fucking The Goonies. So he, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of what I've, know him from the most because i feel like that there's something i watched when i was a kid and it's not goonies i watched goonies when i was a kid but that was never 
like in love with it like everybody else was i was like yeah. oh, that's that's fine that sure is a movie that exists but i feel like it must be die hard it's probably that that i know him from the most because i mean he was just he's just one of those guys that you see him he's a that guy uh actor he's like yep. a character actor that shows up all the time and is always like uh usually a bad guy you know almost always he's a bad guy and oh my god he's very bad here and i can't wait to talk about his um interaction with another uh young man that uh and that was almost going to be our germanic reading for this episode but it turned out to be something else because that was a really funny scene too so all right so uh i guess we'll go through some people who get to be expendables and when you see their names you just like yeah i guess you, you are seemingly expendable but you know everybody lives in this movie spoiler alert we have a guy named kellen lutz who I is known for being an American actor slash model, which is exactly what I want in my fucking 80s callback macho action movie. Uh, yeah. He's fine. He's been in movies such as Stick It, Ghosts of Goldfield, the remake of Prom Night. <laughs> he is in Tw the Twilight Saga, New Moon and Eclipse. He's in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He's in, well, he's in most of the Twilight movies, actually. Oh, that's that's great. That's that's awesome and exactly yeah. what I I want to have happened. So that's that guy, yeah. Kellen Woods. Everyone, who's the other one? Because I don't care about these people. We should move. All on, right, you know. We have a man named Victor Ortiz, who's uh, apparently a professional boxer. I don't really know much about boxing at all, but uh, you know he's done the Expendables and. He did a movie called Southpaw and Once Upon a Time in Venice. Oh. And that's about it for movie credits. He was in an episode of Hawaii 5 and Ray Donovan. So, yay. All that's, right. Uh, that hot action star that we're all going to cheer for. Woo! That guy. Outstanding. Woo, yeah. We've got uh, Glenn Powell, who is another one of the newbies. And he's been in lots of things. Spy Kids 3, Game Over. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, and Spy Kids is good. Yeah, that's pretty much his biggest credit, apart from this movie that we're watching now. So, oh, he, he's got a, he's, he's Trader One in The Dark Knight Rises. So, yeah, that is Glenn Powell. And, look, we I won't spend too much time on, on this man. Oh, no, there's two men. All right, we'll save the douchiest for last because uh, we've also got we, – we can't just keep – can't go straight into the movie that talking about this man – it's freaking Indiana Jones. It's Han Solo. Oh, it's Jack right. Ryan. It's yes. It's Mr. Deckard himself. It is Harrison Ford. So Harrison Ford's playing a guy named Drummer. And guess what? He is standing. Uh, he's he is your Bruce Willis for this movie because, uh, as I said in the uh, previous reviews, yeah, he's greedy and lazy, Mr. Willis. Uh, you know, uh, Sly rings him up. Hey, you want to do a weekend's work? One million dollars? Bruce is like, make it two million. He's like, yeah, eat shit. And then rings Harrison Ford up. Hey, you want to make a million dollars for a weekend? Harrison's like, fuck yeah. And then they even had him pilot helicopters and shit. So Harrison Ford's yeah. a pilot. So yeah, you can What's tell. What's your favorite Harrison Ford movie? Oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Okay. Okay. Man. Well, thanks for asking. I would What's say yours? that mine 
It's probably <laughs> goddamn. It's probably Indiana Jones um, and the you know the the Last Greatest? Crusade. I mean that oh, movie okay. is fucking incredible, dude. Yep. It's it's so great. So, but I mean, like he's one of those guys that's you know been in tons of movies. There's a movie called Witness that he's fantastic mm-hmm. in, The Fugitive, obviously, and that's kind of I think The Fugitive seems like that was more of like a modern resurgence for him in action, and he became very popular after that movie, if I remember correctly. But um, I always liked him. He's the same character in every single movie, and he just has that thing where he looks down and looks up, and he just fucking did a whole career doing that. It's fantastic. It helps that he has one of the most interesting faces, I guess, too. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I really, I, I really like me some Harrison Ford. Uh, he's, he's like, I could have easily have just said Empire Strikes Back, but I, yeah, in terms of I loving like that. that movie, I don't love it because Harrison Ford's in it. But, you know, it start, it's Empire Strikes Back. You know, there's yeah. heaps of reasons to love that movie. But, uh, look, I saved uh, the worst for last in this case. Uh, worst? Hey. Right? This, this guy's guy, a piece of shit, yes. But, yeah. god damn, he crushes it in this movie. So oh, yeah, it's great in the movie. He's a great actor. He's even been in a couple of uh, all-time favorites for me. He plays Max Rokotansky in the original Lethal Weapon films. Of course, he's in all Sorry, Mad Max films. He's in all the Lethal Weapons, all that kind of stuff. Did nice. that Jesus movie. We are talking about Mr. Racist himself, Mel Gibson. I won't spend too much time uh, putting him over, but uh, yeah, he's done some things that I've enjoyed seeing him in. <laughs> oh, no, Dick, but he's fucking amazing in this movie, yeah. and like, I can't wait to talk about it because he crushes it. Now, you know, uh, sure Mel Gibson, another one of these like kind of leading men actors that was in uh you know lots of stuff i watched growing up i really liked his his performance in the hamlet uh they did a hamlet and made it nice to watch that over and over again and one of the one of my favorite scenes in hamlet is it like there's a student named polonius right and he's behind this curtain like listening to hamlet freak out on his mother you know because hamlet's crazy and he just starts freaking out on his mom and and so hamlet thinks it's like his uncle who's been banging his mom. So he just stabs the curtain and just kills Polonius. <laughs> and Polonius is Ophelia's dad. What a dick. <laughs> it's amazing. And he does a great job in that. Um, I, uh, you know, obviously I think something that we have to make a point about is that you mentioned lo- uh, Lethal Weapon. Obviously this, you know, type of movie that we're watching the prototype of this type of movie is Lethal Weapon. I think yeah. Lethal Weapon's the first like wise cracking duo, you know, odd couple that are like in an action movie. I don't, you know, that are that that's the that that type of movie, that kind of genre. I'm sure there's many yep. more of those, but I believe that this is kind of like the dynamic in particular between you know, Christmas, who's played by J- Jason Statham and Sylvester Stallone's character Barney, they have this kind of witty back and forth and it's just trying to copy off of what you know mel gibson did with danny glover years and years ago in all the lethal lethal weapon movies um you know well joe pesci too mind you the ending of this movie mr andy uh i almost expected stallone to be like oh diplomatic immunity yeah okay all right because you know uh, at the end of the movie he's just like oh you're gonna blah 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 take me into the blah 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 and, uh, you know, I expect I him I, to be like diplomatic immunity and then shoot him. 
I'm thinking that like we should talk about the end of the movie when we get to right. the movie. Yeah. That's know? why I That's said blah 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 to the blah blah blahs. <laughs> I mean, call me crazy, but all right. So we're done with the actors, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Holy shit. All right. So there's a lot of them. Some of them we don't care about. Some of them rock. Some of them don't matter. But uh, this movie, as we mentioned, is a PG-13 movie. It was filmed in 2013, Luke, released in 2014. Luke, what did you, you think the budget of this movie was? If you remember, I believe it was $90 million for the first movie and like $100 million for the second or something like that. What about this movie? All right. So uh, the second movie made more money than the first movie did. So I... I don't know either they keep the budget the same, but they could use it better because they don't have to do blood explosions and shit. I don't know. I'm going to guess maybe 120. So it's a $100 million movie. So they kept the budget the same, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And you're probably right. They probably saved a lot of money, uh, you know, because this this, this movie's smaller, you know, in scope a little bit in some ways. So, um, you know, now how much money did uh, uh, Expendables 3 bring in worldwide at the box office? All right, so uh, I'm surprised they didn't keep making these like every couple of years. That there's been such a gap, uh, eight years between this one and the one coming out this year, because they've all made money. Uh, Hundred million. I don't know, man. Uh, Two fifty. So it didn't make as much as they were expecting. You know, the law of the mm-hmm. diminishing returns is probably the reason for this. Although if you read about this movie, you'll find that the studio blames all kinds of shit. They got like they got like 50 boogeymen as to why this movie didn't make any money. But it only made 214.7 million, um, which is only double what they put into it. I mean, gosh, they barely made yeah. anything. So, so- so more people could actually go to see this movie at the cinema, yes. but didn't. So why did you make it PG-13, Ned? Yeah, you know, they blame uh, a lot of things, and, and I, the rating is one of them because they got a lot of backlash for the rating. The other One yeah. of the other things they blame, which is funny because this is every movie, is, I mean, as soon as you put out a screener, you know, which they do for movies weeks and months advance sometimes, it's, yeah. that movie's leaked. You know, somebody's going to copy that. And so uh, this movie leaked to the Internet three weeks before it released. And so they blame that as one of the, you know, like, oh, like a fucking hundred million. Well, it wouldn't be that many, but say, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, 100, 200,000 people downloaded it off the Internet instead of going to see it in the theater. (laughs) Maybe that's a hundred million dollars. I know they did fine. So, uh, Luke, this uh, film, they start filming in August uh, 19th, 2013, excuse me, in Bulgaria. Again, we're back in Bulgaria again, which I I question this. I just really do. And uh, they also filmed in this place called Wombwell Woods in Barnsley, South Yorkshire, which sounds very much like one of those England. places that isn't England, but is England, you know? So... It's like one of those, like Wales, you know, <laughs> like they're like, that's not England. Yeah, it kind of is, right? You know, so now, Luke, some interesting things that happened during the, uh, you know, filming this. Apparently, uh, during an interview, Terry Crews revealed that Jason Statham survived an onset mishap when the truck he was driving plunged into the Black Sea after its brakes had failed. Wow. That was scary. In a November 13th interview, Randy Couture confirmed that filming had finished 
and the discussions for a fourth Expendables film were taking place. Much of the film was shot in that Wimble Woods place. Like I said, it's interesting because we're going to talk about Expendables 4 when we wrap this up, but uh, apparently it's... Uh, it's, it's in the can, so we're going to have to do that at some point. Luke, is there anything you'd like to tell me about The Expendables before we get started on the plot? Uh, no. Okay. We get a cold open, as we have want to do every single time we get a cold open. So this one starts just like the rest of them started. We get an armored train. It's heading to a prison, and it turns out that this train has on it a prisoner. Wow. So the Expendables, they attack, right, I know, it's it's shocking, I'm glad you're sitting down. The Expendables, (laughs) they attack a train, the train, of course, from a helicopter, and they save the prisoner. Who's the prisoner, Luke? Ooh, it is Prisoner 57 himself. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Wesley Snipes. So, uh, really cool reveal there, I, uh... I didn't watch any trailers or really look at any promotional material, so I kind of forgot who was in this. I knew Frazier was in this, but I was like, oh, wow, it's really Snipes. Oh, that's going to be super cool. Two black guys on the team. That's exciting. <laughs> he's got a big beard, and he's he's clearly been, you know, in jail a long time or whatever this place is. So, you know, they save him, and he, like, stares at this photo of a generic general guy, like like <laughs> in the second movie or first movie, yeah. excuse me, generic general guy, and we could tell he wants revenge, right? So he runs away and he goes on a killing rampage. <laughs> this is when his like his stuntman is killing all kinds of people. It's amazing. He get this rampage, he hijacks the train and to attack this prison, right? So he he basically like makes this train just keep going so it's gonna like crash into the prison. And he jumps on the helicopter at the last second, and the prison, the entire thing just fucking explodes. <laughs> So I, I do like that, like, he's been a prisoner for so long, but no, he can still do all his parkour action stuff. That's oh. cool. That's fine. That's an action trope anyway. So let's, let's forget that. But I do like that he doesn't just get his revenge on this generic guy. He blows up the whole prison. I'm sure, like, all right, it's prison. There's a whole bunch of horrible people there, I guess. But did you want revenge on all of them? How many people were in that prison? <laughs> he just killed all of them. Yes, and (laughs) it's also had the hilarious thing where you can tell it's like, you know, probably some like CGI fest where the building is just out in the middle of nowhere. It's like literally just plopped in the middle of absolutely nowhere, which is not how any building anywhere is. That's not not one building. At least there's a parking lot. At least there's like a, a little like security stand in the front. There's always at least something. But I love it in movies when there's just nothing. It's it's impossible. So um, that part was really funny. I enjoyed that. But at the same time, I'm not quite into this movie yet. You know what I mean? I I like it. The prison explodes. And then, oh, what's this note here? It says, Expendables 3, Mother Truckers. (laughs) Yes. So, So yeah. Yes. Unlike unlike the first two movies that have like the pre-Bond sequence, which is like, 10 to 15 minutes long this one's like five then expendables all right we're in that's right it's quick man we get a debrief walk and talk here and we learned that uh wesley snipes he used to be an expendable and uh they 
this is just outrageous too. So they're walking away from the helicopter that they just flew around. And uh, so as they're doing that, they just, uh, Stallone hits a button and fucking the helicopter just explodes for no reason. Like, okay, cool. I guess that's evidence they would leave or something. Um, like they care about leaving evidence. <laughs> I know. And then we get the fun parts uh, because there's a friendly rivalry. They're, they're playing grab ass. It's between uh, Wesley Snipes and Jason Statham since they're both knife guys. And here I have a theory about this, Luke. I think what's going on here is that they know how powerful of a man knife maker Gil Hibben is. And they just want to brother up to him. So they're like really trying to put over knives in this movie so they could show his knives off. What do you think? I think you're probably right. And uh, it it does this whole sequence has uh, Wesley Snipes charismaing it up uh, heaps. He's 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 great. Like I feel like he kind of works within the the team pretty quickly. So I really like that. He has this really good line that he says when he's talking about being the uh, the old knife man of the Expendables. He's like, uh, I'm the knife before Christmas. So that made me laugh. <laughs> you know, because yeah. Jason Statham's name is Christmas. All right, you didn't like that, fuck you, but uh, I did. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. The I'm cheesy dialogue of... is not as over the top in this movie. There, no, there is some, fine. like they'll they'll do, they will mention that. What were you in prison for? Uh, tax evasion. Ha ha ha. <laughs> well, I just can't stop thinking about Gil Hibben. Um, you know, because he's so powerful. Like I said, now, yeah. um, I don't know if I told you this, Luke. I think I did. But I reached out to Gil Hibben. It turns out that his his knife shop is like 100 miles away from where I live. I mean, it's not that far. And so I emailed Gil Hibben, and uh, he has yet to respond. So oh. we'll see. You know, I was hoping that, you know, maybe I could get an interview just to, you know, just ask him about the movie or something like that. But, you know, he probably gets those requests all day long, oh, yeah. every day. So why would yep. he worry about me? I get it. I get it. So I didn't. I just. I don't understand how you could be thinking about anything else, but um, but I'm glad we got the Gil Hibbins shit in. So that's important. Um, <laughs> now we're all on the plane, right? And this is, okay, so we get Wesley Snipes, Randy Couture, and Dolph Lundgren, and they talk about how the Expendables once had 22 members, but now there's only five as he shaves his prison beard with the Gil Hibben knife. <laughs> also, if you used to have 22 and now you have five, why aren't you recruiting, like, yeah. The other 17 people, like, why aren't you keeping your army fresh? And Maybe yeah. they will, you know. Um, <laughs> my my question about here is, is like, okay, so how many are there? So there's Wesley Snipes, there's Randy, there's yep. Dolph, there's mm -hmm. Statham, there's Stallone. That's five. So Jet Li's dead? And you know? what about Terry Crews? Yeah, Terry Crews is dead too. So their math is off here. It doesn't make any sense. No. What about the tattoo guy? You know, is he dead? You know, Mickey Rourke? I thought <laughs> at, the very, at the very beginning of this, there was like a sniper, and I thought it was him for a second. And I was like, oh, Mickey Rourke's in this movie. But no, it was Randy Couture. So uh, anyway, that so they went. It turns out that the Expendables, they were on a mission to save Wesley Snipes because he's an Expendable, and you can't expend the Expendables. And uh, he goes to the cockpit, <laughs> cockpit, excuse me, to play grab ass with Jason Statham and Stallone. And apparently his nickname is Dr. Death, which is the only time they mention this in the whole movie, I think. And he's knife guy. And they're going on some mission that's supposed to be routine. So they can't just go, 
you know, uh, uh, Snipes is like, man, let's go home. You know, I've been in the prison. He's like, nah, we got to go kill some guy. It's no big deal. We'll get through that real quick. Are you having fun so far, Luke? Yeah, I'm having fun. So I feel, I feel like, all right, we've got our opening action sequence. We've picked up Wesley Snipes. Let's do another opening action sequence. But it turns out it leads into the story proper. But yeah, also, uh, we know you've been in prison and probably haven't trained for combat. You know, maybe unarmed combat. We know you probably haven't held a gun in like years. You're probably out of practice. You probably haven't thrown knives for a long time. No, it's fine. We're just going to take you on this super dangerous mission, yeah. which you're a care part of. Yeah. That's what it takes. You don't know what it takes to be an expendable, Luke. You no know one what I mean? knows well, what it's like. Right. To be an expendable. You know, um, when I used to work at a pizza place, I had this friend of mine that would just, in the middle of a shift, he just turned to me and say, no one knows what it's like to make the pizzas. To make pizza like I do. Like, <laughs> just really funny, dude. That was pretty funny. So, um, <laughs> I love that. All right. Okay. So here we go. The, the, the team, they meet up with Team Money in Somali. They're like, oh, that's six people. Wait a second. I thought five was the highest number. So they, and they make these hilarious premature ejaculation jokes about the gun with the fucking, because Terry Crews has this big gun, but it only lasts the 10 seconds. Derp, derp. <laughs> So they're in Somalia, which makes me assume that we're going to get a pirate bad guy because Somalia pirates were so hot back then, you know, but it, oh, yeah. it's just not what happens. They're, they're like the flunkies for the bad guy. So um, the uh, <laughs> the Expendables, they storm some warehouse and then something mind blowing ha- happens here. Luca. Bear with me here. This is hard yeah. to describe. I, okay. I try to describe this in many ways to myself uh, to practice this because this is bizarre. So. What happens is we have Wesley Snipes, Jason Statham, Randy Couture, and Sylvester Stallone. They're storming this warehouse that's enclosed within walls, right? So it has big concrete walls. And Dolph is on this little, like, rowboat, kind of, like, floating alongside of him, sort of, in this, like, dock area. He, How far he is away from them fluctuates depending on what scene it is. what direction the camera's facing so um which is pretty funny so he's on the rowboat they storm into this place okay wesley snipes they're going the opposite direction of what dolph is going these walls are perpendicular so they go through the door through another wall all right and all of a sudden dolph somehow warns them of snipers that are on the wall above him he takes them out we see the wall that's in between them all right that's where the snipers are standing Okay, and he nods at Stallone, who's nods back. How can he see him? <laughs> He's trying to see through two walls. How? That's because uh, Dolph Lundgren's character has a chemistry degree, and obviously, Whoa. having a, uh, some kind of PhD or something like that allows oh. him some degree of uh, X-ray vision, I guess. <laughs> This shit happens a lot in the movie, but that was the only, I just wanted to talk about that one. I won't point it out every time, but there's a lot of this like, wait, there's a fucking wall there. Or they have problems with geography, as we've mentioned before. You know, remember in the very first movie, we had a car chase scene where the cars were never in the same scene together. So it looked like they were just chasing each other to nowhere. That was great. And Chris Hemsworth, uh, whatever Hemsworth in the second one, Liam. Uh, killing like six people that are surrounding Statham and Stallone in a circle. 
It's like two right. bullets of a sniper rifle. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Okay, so this is where we get the big shine from uh, Wesley Snipes' stunt double. He's a fucking badass. He's running around killing people. And it's revealed that the bad guy is, in fact, Mel Gibson, whose name in this movie is Stone Banks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, this causes Stallone to absolutely lose it, and chaos ensues here. We get a, uh, you know, we got to have a car chase scene. We, we don't get a car chase. We get a pickup truck with mounted machine gun car chase scene. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and then they, then little... they change, then they change cars into like some kind of other truck. <laughs> yes. That has a little platform on the back. And do you remember what Terry Crews does with that platform? Make room for Caesar, baby. <laughs> what happened? Tell me what happened. Because he's on that, on this boat with the either x-ray vision we're teleporting yes. Dolph Lundgren and he like drives the boat off this ramp or jump and lands onto the back of the truck and I'm just like Why? okay I thought you guys were going to escape by boat but obviously you're going for the the truck where everyone's following you yes. and shooting guns at you instead so all right um, okay <laughs> off right away too yeah. like lands on it and, and falls up and explodes <laughs> yes oh yes yes of course yeah they 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 made up for the blood quota with more explosions because then we get this scene and i was oh, like yeah. i you know like i'm not sure if mel gibson's gonna be eric roberts territory i'm really hoping he can be but he does something dastardly here that is so funny so he's got stallone in his sights and he could take him out but instead, he just shoots T Money twice, and then literally drops a bomb on them. <laughs> By the way, like they make it look like that Terry Crews gets shot in the bum, but I think he gets shot shot in the back. But it makes like when I'm watching him, I was like, did Mel Gibson just shoot him in the ass? By the way, this whole section here where Mel Gibson's got like Stallone and the team like kind of dead to rights, and then only just shoots one of them. Yeah, that's straight out of uh, Expendables 2 because Van Damme has them all dead to rights and only kills one of them. But this is a PG-13 movie, so you can't kill one of the team in this movie. You uh, can try to. Yeah. Mind you, out of all the people to shoot, we've got Jason Statham, white guy, Sylvester Stallone, white guy, Randy Couture, white guy, uh, Terry Crews, black guy. And who shoots him? Mel Gibson. And I'm just like, <laughs> not only is that racist... That's double racist. I'm like, what, you can't have more than one black person on the team for this movie? What are you doing? Why can't we have Terry Crews and Wesley Snipes? Oh, my God. Does everyone like fucking Toll Road so much that we can't see him for like half an hour? His name is Toll Road. Toll Road. What are his character traits? His ears look weird. The he, he was an explosive expert. I, yeah, he was introduced as an explosive expert, and never once does he does that come into play ever. Things blow up. Oh man! And he's like, I've got it all rigged. Let's go. No, he's firing machine guns this whole time. All right. Okay, fine. So I'm enjoying this movie. Like at the start, I'm I'm a bit annoyed because I messaged you like, where the hell? Thank you, Charity. Where the hell? Is Terry Crews. I'm like, can't they have two black people on the team? And then you're like, just chill, just wait. Oh, there's Terry Crews. They're rendezvous, rendezvousing with him later. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, bit of a diversity in this team. Awesome. You know, because number two, obviously we had to swap out the, the Asian actors. I don't know why we couldn't have Jet Li and 
the uh, the wonderful lady that we had in Expendables 2. No, only one. So I feel like the Expendables right now, as of this part of the movie, has its one token, and it had to shoot the other token to put that token out. And Yikes. It, it really annoyed me. It really yeah, stuck out okay. like a sore thumb. Like, I was like, for real, that's what you're doing? I, that look, that part of the movie I didn't like, but I, I kind of I did get over it. But that was just really glaring to me. And having okay. Gibson shoot, I thought we were just gonna make jokes about the movie, but okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> shit just got real. Because <laughs> um, I thought this was all hilarious. Um, you know, I wasn't looking at it that way. I. <laughs> was enjoying this movie quite a bit at this point. I thought this show was so funny. And uh, I thought your comment, you know, well, all right. So um, this is really funny too, because, you know, Terry Crews, he could die. We don't know. He's going to die. We're not sure. And we get this like, you know, like when they put a filter on the camera and it gets all washed out and that's like for a yep. flashback typically. They do that for this. I don't know why. As, the, as they're like trying to save T-Money's life. And it's like, why is it flashback? <laughs> So that's funny. Dude, I We're, totally expected flashbacks, especially when it zooms in on angry Stallone eyes. I'm yeah. like, all right, here it goes. 20 no. years ago. No, no, no flashbacks. No, no, no. We don't get that. That's That costs money. So uh, back on the plane. And T-Money clings to life as they all think about what happened in Stallone does the blank stare, which is supposed to be like he's angry, like, you know, he's feeling guilt. Yeah. He's going to get revenge on Mel Gibson. But it comes off as is anybody home? Are you okay? Like, that's Does kind anybody of ever really know what time it is? Does yeah, anybody really sure. care? Um, it's hospital time, though, now, Luke. So uh, the Expendables, <laughs> this is just outrageous. They stand over um, – oh, this isn't the part that's so outrageous. There's a really funny part later. But uh, Expendables, they stand over T-Money's hospital bed, and Stallone leaves his lucky ring, which a nurse is definitely going to steal, by the way. And, 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 and Arnold shows up. Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up. We're like, oh, good to see him. It's awesome. He's like, I'm back. You know, don't show me the money. You can't, you know, tell me the truth. You can't handle the truth or whatever stuff he says. And, uh, you know, Stallone thought that he killed Mel Gibson years ago. Um, and Arnold is like, yeah, I thought he was dead. And he's like, I thought you killed him. Um, but it turns out that he's not. And so Arnold wants to help. And that will come up later. Are you happy to see Arnold? I am. I, I'm really happy. Uh, he's what, had a big role favorite? in each of the movies. What's your favorite, favorite goofy, uh, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger line? Get to the chopper. Yeah. Which okay. he does say like, later on in this movie. I like. I like the. Oh yeah, he won't stop saying chopper in this movie. But uh, I like. Uh, what is your? Who is your daddy? And what does he do? That shit's funny. <laughs> Kindergarten Cop is a fucking hilarious movie. I love that movie. So that's good. Or Turbo Man. That's also funny. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Stallone walks out of the hospital to meet Church, but it, Church is gone. It's Harrison Ford. He. Learned that they were in Somalia to assassinate someone. And uh, Harrison Ford rips Stallone for having all the intel needed and get getting decimated anyway. And uh, this is a uh, unintentional, very tricky thing that they just said here because it's like, wait a second, you know, um, what does he care if T Money got shot first of all? 
Like, why is it like they're all so sad? And like Harrison Ford's like, oh, I can't believe this happened. It's like, you fucked up so bad. I gave you everything you needed and you fucked this whole thing up. That's what he would say if this is rated R. But he uses the word decimated, which is interesting because technically he's right. You know, the practice of decimation was an ancient Roman military type of thing. You know, in fact, um, the fact that it's it happened to hail Caesar is very interesting. But basically in decimation, what would happen is, is that like if you got caught being cowardly or say, for example, your squadron was, uh, you know, you know, possibly going to be mutinous, they would uh, have you all draw lots. And, you know, every 10 guys and whoever drew the shortest straw, that 10th guy, then other nine guys had to beat him to death. So it's kind of like decimation. I feel like you're reading a little too much into this kind of like his name's Hale Caesar. I was, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> His name is Hale Caesar. So Harrison Ford wants to give Stallone another shot. Um, Luke, these scenes right here have me worried because we get a couple scenes here where it's like it's, you know, Mel Gibson doing stuff and he buys art mm-hmm. and it's not very villainous. And I'm just like, oh, what's OK. And I'm missing Eric Roberts. I'm like, yeah, he dropped the bomb on those guys. That was pretty funny. But he hasn't even said anything at this point. And I'm kind of getting worried. Were you worried at this point? I was a bit because we're we're a good 40, 45 minutes into the film and uh, Mel Gibson's not really said that much yet. All it's all it's been so far is I thought he was dead. He's not dead. I thought he was dead. He's not dead. I thought he was dead. He's not dead. I get it. He's not dead anymore. But (laughs) his first pretty much the first line he says is like this painting is shit. Uh, How much do you want for it? Right. uh, I had I kind of had this dumb joke. I was like, "Oh, Mel Mel likes to blow his money on art that sucks," and I'm like that kind of explains Passion of the Christ. Hey, I've never hey. watched that movie. I need to watch that it's probably. Fine. It's fine. It's just just a dumb joke. It's like I uh, know. I know. He's directed other movies, but uh, I kind of like some of those other movies. So I think not as easy to pick on. I couldn't have said Braveheart. Like, come on, freedom. Okay. So you don't like Braveheart? Uh, uh yeah. I don't want to talk about that movie. It's like, Me okay, neither. it's just, yeah. All right. That's the whole thing. So um, the expectations, you know, a- after a mission, successful mission, we know what they do. They go to New Orleans and they go to the bar. So they're at the yep. bar and Stallone's like, oh, we lost a guy, which he's not dead. So take it easy because it's yeah. 13. And he's like, so expendables are no more. He disbands the expendables because he can't yeah. take the grief of friends maybe dying. <laughs> So, so yeah, now, Stallone gives them all an impassioned speech about how unexpendable his team is to him. Very silly. Um, but that's <laughs> been that's been like the theme of all these movies, yeah. right? Though is that he can't handle when people die. It's okay for him to risk his life, but not other people. And it's just it's kind of silly and all hypocritical, but whatever. Um, yeah. So, but we do get something here that happens. Is so is that Statham. Jason Statham, he actually acts. And there's actually, there's a lot of people acting in this movie, which is just rare for an Expendables movie. Usually it's like one or two people, but almost everyone is acting in this movie. So he's acting here, which is amazing. And he offers his help to take out Mel Gibson, but Stallone says the ride is over. So this is when Mel Gibson goes home with his painting and he looks at nothing. And then we get this fun this is when the fun begins, Luke, because it's been it's been okay up to this point. I'm having a good time, but this is this whole section is awesome. 
we get this shitty country rock as Stallone goes to a mall parking lot to meet motherfucking Kelsey Grammer and watch some underground fighting. He needs a new team, and Kelsey Grammer is going to help him get all these team members. So we get this jet-setting montage. Luke, we're going to go through each one of these one by one because there's a bunch of these, and they're cool. What did you think of Kelsey Grammer here? Are you happy to see him? Are you having a good time? All right, so this is the whole section of the movie. I feel like it'd be, like, removed but or shortened significantly. However, yeah. I really love That's... Kelsey Grammer in this role. He's like He's like the broker guy. Hey, hey, I need people for my team. And Kelsey's like, come with me all over the world. I will show you these people. <laughs> yep, <laughs> first, pretty much. And I like, I like the first time you see them interacting. They're watching some underground fight. And the fight's over. And then Stallone's like, so uh, which one of these two are part of the team? And Kelsey's like, nah, these two are pussies. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So, you know, we get this kind of like, it's actual scenes, so it's not a real montage, but it's just boom, 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 a bunch of scenes here where suddenly they're in Wyoming, right? And we meet Even Hacker Rocky Guy. had a montage. He yep. did, he did. And it's we meet Hacker Guy, who turns into a cartoon when he jumps off this mountain. Like, he's climbing up this mountain, and he jumps off of it, and then, like, a parachute pops out, and he turns into a cartoon and floats off screen. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So, I wonder if that oh rock climbing will come in useful later on in the movie. <laughs> they get lost because Kelsey Grammer is drinking while he's flying the plane, which is like, how come it's okay for Stallone to drink and fly the plane, but Kelsey Grammer's not allowed? You know, because Kelsey Grammer hasn't he had got doesn't he have DUIs or anything something like that? I know he's oh, had he alcohol might. problems oh. in the past, and you know they like to bring this shit up to make jokes yeah. about them, so. It's a uh, work shoot, brother. <laughs> brother, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's make light of our real-life indiscretions that were not good. Now, wouldn't you maybe want to, like, I don't know, like, put these people in order, maybe the least important to the most important, maybe? Maybe do it that way, you know? I mean, that's what I would do. But next we have, no. they, they go to New York, and they meet Luna, played by Ronda Rousey. She's a bouncer in a bar, and she beats up yeah. some dudes are fighting. Now, Luke... You live in Australia where if you look at a bar, there's a fight. And so, like, if you – like, you've probably seen bouncers break up fights many times. And when people yeah. are fighting, do the bouncers immediately enter the melee and just start beating the shit out of them? Is that how it works? I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It's not like, oi, what's all this then? And then, like, go, all right, who start causing trouble? All right, who's fine? Who's an asshole? Who's being, like, victimized? No, it's like, all right, crack knuckles. I'm going to beat everyone up. up. Also, that's what I want on my army team. In my mercenary army team, I'm like, Oi, you got any bouncers that need work? <laughs> what do you need bounced? Oh, you know, fucking Mel Gibson. <laughs> Stonebreaker or whatever his name is. <laughs> Stonebanks. Stonebreaker, <laughs> yeah. It's where Osprey got the name from. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, oh my god and of course it's the only time we've seen a woman so far in this movie so is she bouncing in something like that's what we see a lot with um lady bouncers in australia as well they're not wearing you know, black pants uh, comfortable no. shoes and a polo shirt no they're in red mini dresses and high, high heels. heels because Absolutely. uh when you work in security you want to wear a mini dress and high heels that's uh that's generally what you want 
Well, then when you walk into the melee, melee or whatever you call it and start punching, kicking people, they won't suspect it. You know, even though right. at this point it's kind of a trope. But, you know, I mean, when you're drunk, you just see a pretty dress and you think, oh, that's a lady coming to, to you know, kiss me on my face. You know, but no, she's there to kick him in his face. So uh, I thought this was very silly, but it was fun. <laughs> and and now we're in Arizona and we meet gymnast flippy floppy guy. Felipe, played by Antonio Banderas, uh, he's too old, but he convinces Stallone to take him. So you love this guy, huh? He doesn't even take him, not at this point, but he takes him a little later. But yeah, he's looking for young, expendable guys. When he, here he is, a perfectly older gentleman who's willing to be expendable, begging for you to take him on a dangerous mission, doesn't even care what it is. And you're just like, nah, you're too expendable. Uh, I'm just going to stick with these young guys. I'm like, right, okay, but yes. He chews the scenery absolutely wonderfully. He's not a villain, but if he was, it, he might have reached some Eric's level, Eric Roberts' level of ham. He was fantastic in this movie. He knows what this movie is, and he, he plays up to it big time. He's great. Antonio Von Banderas. Von Banderas, very important <laughs> to mention that. <laughs> he... Uh, I I got real sick of his character, and I have a real good explanation why we'll talk about later. I think I broke down one of his scenes, just kind of like talk about why his character is like not working for me. But um, I thought he did a good job. It's just it's too much. I'll tell you why. But um, anyway, so now we're at Edwards Air Force Base. You know, I mean, we've met, you know, the least important people. You know, Ronda Rousey, I mean, she's not important at all, right? Antonio Banderas, not even a big star. So we no. meet uh, Mars, who has a gun with exploding bullets. It's one of those random people that you talked about in the, the people. Then we get the final guy. His name wait, is wait, John. wait. Before you, before you move on, I have to point this out, Mr. Andy. They go to an army base to recruit this guy into a mercenary team, and he leaves. Did he just desert the army? Well, I mean, you know, Edwards Air Force Base, you you can just check in and oh, out. The Air Force? It's, you know. Right. Yeah, oh, not, I, I didn't realize not, the United States military worked like that. Sorry. Not, like, it's not like bad. Hotel California, you know. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so final guy. This is kind of a cool yep. scene because this is uh, John Smiley in Mexico. He's got a problem with authority, you see. And that's something that, you know, Stallone also shares. So. Uh, they're standing there and John uh, Smiley is wrestling in a sand pit wrestling match and he loses, he jobs out, you know, poor guy. And uh, it's funny because um, Sloan's still interested for some reason. Right. And uh, he knows that the guy took a dive in the fight. So it was a work fight. And uh, Sloan has a parallel story with John as they're both dealing with survivor's guilt. And John joins the team. Of course he does. Of course. What'd you think of that? No, he you know what you want on your team? You want a uh, military deserter, you want a bouncer, and you want in your military team of mercenaries, you want someone who's like, orders, authority, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said he wanted the crazy people, and he's got them. He doesn't care yeah. about them. They're the, you know, bunk bullshit new expendables. But you know what? <laughs> I'm choosing, like, a party to travel with. I mean – you know, one of the first people you might want to look into is someone who, you know, has like doctor, like a doctor, someone who knows about no. stuff like that. You know, I mean, when I'm when I'm getting together my Dungeons and Dragons group, I mean, we need a paladin or we need a cleric. First of all, let's fucking get them first because their last medic get... was in jail and they didn't replace him. 
<laughs> not maybe he was one of the 22 that died or whatever so <laughs> i don't know um but uh that shit's funny. So, uh, all right. So, John uh, Kelsey, he wants his money up front because he's basically saying this is a suicide mission going to kill Mel Gibson, even though you already did it once, but he didn't die. And that's how badass Mel Gibson is. He's so fucking badass. If you go up against him, it's fucking over. You're dead. <laughs> Pretty funny. I really like that. <laughs> that's funny. So, now, this is another one of these scenes that I won't go on and on about it, but this is one that's like, where are they? How did they get here? What's going on? Because they're just there's just random trucks parked on a runway. And all of a sudden, Stallone gets in one of the trucks and, and Harrison Ford's just in there. <laughs> what? And so uh, he gives Stallone the lowdown and we learn that the government wants Mel Gibson <gasps> alive. And he gives Stallone a file containing proof of Mel Gibson's war crimes. Luke, did you have a problem with this? Uh, yeah, because later on in the movie, uh, Mr. I don't take orders, a super sexy model guy, will be like, I don't want to do this mission that I've already agreed to him on the plane towards until I know what's up. And so St Stallone Barney gives him like the dossier that includes yeah. photos showing some pretty conclusive proof of war crimes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Also. How long was Drummer in that car right, waiting for Barney to get in? Well, yeah, exactly. Just like uh, Bruce Willis waiting in the plane for yeah. him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're like, man, I've been parked here for days. Can I get something to eat? No, sit there. So <laughs> ridiculous. All right, so the Expendables, they show up and they beg to help, but Sloan says no. And we get some dick measuring between the new Expendables, who are all tiny, and the old Expendables, who are all like eight feet tall. <laughs> Eight feet tall really and sixty. Funny. Yeah, it's funny. And Statham throws a switchblade at a wall, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And he's like, "You better keep that switchblade. You might need it to cut somebody with a knife fit the thing." So you might need to like use that. that knife, mate. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. We uh, make no apologies to any English people that uh, might be listening to this. <laughs> you know. So. Uh, <laughs> Arnold is on the plane with him, Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, and uh, he's on the plane with the new Expendables, and John wants to know why they're going after Mel Gibson. You mentioned this. Uh, you love skipping ahead. We, we have this guy that we used to have on the podcast all the time, legendary Gary B., and we always say that if you go back, it's a go back Gary, but it, now it's a go forward Luke because you can't stop skipping ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Bastard. So. Uh -huh. Anyway. Um, so, he, so of course, as you mentioned, you know, he uh, gives him the war crimes file and dude looks like he's realized something when he sees the photos of Mel Gibson's tattoo, because we see that Mel Gibson was also an expendable. What? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, God, such a big deal. Now, is there anything three scenes or four scenes from now you would talk about? <laughs> no. All right. So we get the Expendables are sad montage. It's hilarious. This is so funny because here's here's kind of what you got. You get this music playing, right? It's all sad. America. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Jason Statham is watching knife commercials, like commercials for kitchen knives. That's funny. <laughs> it that, also, that it looks like Jason Statham is divorced now or something. Like, where's yeah. charisma? Well... Yes, they. It, this movie is uh, definitely fucking that. So, um, yeah. the 
I don't want to make your joke that you made to me, so like make that. Um, so oh, he's this watching. Movie lacks charisma. There you go. There you go. Because yeah. Charisma Carpenter's in this one um, to be harassed. So there's a thing. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes, of course, is caressing a knife. <laughs> it's a it's a kill heaven knife. And uh, Dolph is at a shooting range. And then they just show T Money in the hospital bed. <laughs> Dude, you know That's it's right. a P- P- you, you know it's a PG thirteen movie when it cuts to Wesley Snipes Doc, and he's just like sharpening my knife oh yeah whereas if this was an r-rated movie he'd be like i've been in prison for five years where are the ladies well yeah or men or whatever you know but (laughs) i just was trying to get over this this timing of this because it's you know it's these guys sitting there looking all upset and then it's just (laughs) team money just dead in the bed And uh, Jason Statham, Statham throws a knife at his TV, which dissolves and only dissolve in the movie. It dissolves into the new Expendables jumping out of a fucking plane. Oh, all right. So, um, Luke, we're almost there. We're almost to, yeah. uh, you know, some participating stuff that'll be fun. But we're in Romania and they're near a hotel casing Mel Gibson as security and his security goons. And they make a modern plan, not that old shit that old fucking fucks do. You know, we got this new yeah. shit. It's all badass and hacker like guy. Look at they spent hours on the plane not talking about a plan yeah, and waited no. until they got there to make it. That's how it works. You know, that's like in movies, people have half a conversation at the park and then have the rest of the conversation on in the you know like at home later. And it's like, wait, what <laughs> happens all? You didn't the time, talk you know? for the walk home. Like, what? What does go happen then? Talk about something else, I guess. I don't know. You know, but um. All right, so hacker guy is all confident that he can get him in, quote unquote. And you know, um, their their plan, Stallone's plan. Oh, yeah, Stallone's plan is to quote hit him hard from all four sides at the meet. What meet? <laughs> what is we? But this is another thing that's fun about these movies is details. Not interested in those because what is he talking mm-hmm. about? Who's meeting who? For what? We don't know what he's talking about, but we're going to hit them all from four sides. Or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, Luke, that leads us to a scene between Ronda Rousey and uh, uh, Stallone. Would you like to – this is going to be our dramatic reading for this episode. Would you like to be Stallone or would you like to be Ronda Rousey? Uh, I was Stallone last time, so uh, I'm going to be Stallone again. No, I'm joking. I'll be Ronda. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Help well, me, Rhonda. Uh, I like that song a lot. Um, yeah, me too. So Rhonda and Stallone are in the van. Um, you know, this is after they jumped out of a plane and they're getting ready to go do their, their deal. And the first direction, this legitimately is a direction for the movie, is Barney size. So here we go. <sighs> I went to a girly voice, all right? So I'll just do a normal voice. We already so started you... the scene, Luke. All right, shut up. Take two, go. So why'd you let your team go? If you stick around long enough, you're going to buy it. It was time. They didn't seem too happy about it. If you're looking to go to the family route, it's the wrong job for you. This, this made me audibly sigh. There are different kinds of family, and when my life is on the line, it's my family fighting with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. And so, what 
Okay, this line that he says, if you're looking to go the family route, it's the wrong job for you. What does he mean? I don't know. Doesn't Yin Yang have like a whole huge family in China or something? <laughs> what does he mean? Like, I don't understand because like, is he trying to say, I think what he's trying to say is, like the only thing a woman could possibly want in her life is a family. So, but if you want that, you can't have this too. He's trying to give her advice and it's just condescending and it's yeah. almost more, it's more sexist than anything that's been in any of these movies, I think. Also, it also made my, made me roll my eyes because I'm watching this big action ensemble piece and they have to go the fast and furious route, which means, of course, dropping the dreaded F-bomb. And we all know what the dreaded F-bomb is, don't we? Family. We're family. Yeah. This is our family. Oh, my God. Can't you just be colleagues and buddies? Why does it always have to be family? <laughs> That's a good way to know that someone is trying to manipulate you, Luke. That's <laughs> when they say, we're like a family. They can, everybody can fuck off with that shit. So, um so I think that was a, a you know a funny scene to read. But anyway, yeah. so Mel Gibson's at the meat. The fuck? I guess he's buying art. Okay, cool. How villainous? <laughs> Why is this is before he's really done anything? Like I said, and I'm just kind of like waiting for him to do something. It's like the meme of the kid poking the thing with the stick going do something. I was just wanting him to do something, <laughs> and so. You know, but the the Expandables plan to take out Mel Gibson it involves stealth, a drone, um, and rappelling down a building. I went rappelling a couple times, Luke, and it was a fucking blast. You ever done that? I have not. I do not like heights. Heights are not fun for me, but I did go bungee jumping once. Wow, that's psychopathic. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is. I, I can never jump off of something like repelling is much more safe. But now that, you, now that I think about it, I also uh, have a terrify. I am terrified of heights. And I was not when I was younger. And that's when I went repelling. So uh, yeah, I was I was 18 when I bungee jumped. So, like, yeah, yeah. you know, well, young every, ev everyone's a psychopath when they're 18. So it's all good. <laughs> you know, um, so hacker guy, he gets him in just like he said he would. And the buyer shows up, and Luke, you're happy to see him. Who's the buyer? Tell me all about him. It's Robert Dovey. And this is the only scene he has in the movie. And I won't skip ahead to tell you what happens to him. Right, Good. fine. Good. Because that's how but, podcasts work. What the fuck? In fact, in fact uh, I actually had to rewind his scene because uh, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, it's Robert Dovey. Everyone, it's Robert Dovey. Robert Dovey's in this movie. And then I was like, huh, what happened? Oh, I'll rewind that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what happened. So he's only in it for like one scene. I guess I guess he is known for being a bad guy in action movies and stuff. So uh, yeah. there's a nice little cameo there. I thought it was super cool. I was happy to see him. You know, yeah. I was sad, sad he was barely in the movie, but he's, he's in there, you know. So he shows up. It's Robert Dobby, like you said. And so now there's a bunch more bad guys to deal with. So <laughs> Expendables plan you know, is falling apart here. So uh, the Expendables, they run around doing stealth kills, just like we've seen them do in the past. While uh, Robert Davi and Gibson, they try to, like, out-evil each other. <laughs> it's really great, man. Robert Davi's like, you know, hey, I, I love this, uh, you know, this painting, but do you have any nuclear weapons I could buy? <laughs> <laughs> Gibson's like, he's like, you know, 
I would like the sight of those, but usually, you know, uh, people that use those just kill all my customers. He's like, I don't, if there's nobody left alive on earth, who's going to buy weapons from me? <laughs> so I guess he's a weapons dealer and his cover is paintings. I don't know. We don't really know, but it's funny, but lights out. Did, did like the writers of this movie see one episode of the blacklist and thought Mel Gibson. Yeah. He's got to be James Spader in this. I've never seen that show. I, it looks very bad. Oh. I've heard people say it's good, but I can't believe them. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he asked about nuclear weapons, then lights out, and a bunch of Dutch angle shots of Mel Gibson and his guys running around, and they easily, like, it's it's weird. The Expendables just easily take Mel Gibson hostage. Like, easily. Piece of cake, you know? And it's it's really crazy. But it leads to one of my favorite parts of the movie. So um, yep. we get, you know, this this scene is incredible. And please bear with me because this is there's a lot to say here. So All Mel right, Gibson, he finally rivals the lofty like bar that Eric Roberts set in Expendables 1. And uh, we're on the plane and Mel Gibson wakes up and he starts being villainous. And my God, is he good at being villainous? And uh, he challenges Stallone to a fist fight, and Stallone threatens to break every bone in dude's body. We learned that Mel Gibson and uh, Stallone, they started the Expendables together. What? And they had differing opinions on the types of jobs to take. Mel wanted to be evil, but Stallone wanted to be action movie good guy, which is still pretty evil, but like in a good way. I only kill the bad guys you see, and just lots of them. Um, Stallone turned on Mel Gibson and it got a lot of people killed apparently. So I really like this part, but then it gets amazing because suddenly Mel Gibson attacks and he activates a GPS tracker and instantly a chopper appears. And this is so funny, Luke. I mean, I, I, you have to, under, if you don't get like, if you don't have this logic flaw, like in your thoughts about this movie, because what happens is, is that apparently Mel Gibson's plan is that he has this <laughs> GPS tracker on him, and he's told yep. his goons, the second that I activate this, shoot the tracker with a rocket-propelled grenade. So, yeah. Because that's what they do. And Mel Gibson is invincible. This is so amazing. So, all right, Mel Gibson attacks. He pushes the GPS tracker. A trap, a chopper appears instantly, and dude yep. shoots an RPG at the van that they're in. And it just explodes the van and knocks it on its side. So his plan was just to kill himself? I don't get it. Everyone could have died. Also, why didn't you just have the uh, GPS going from the outset straight away? Yeah. Also, why didn't you search this guy for a GPS? Isn't one of your guys, didn't you just brag that one of your new young know. guys is Mr. Technology Expert? Yeah. What, he doesn't have a wand thing that can pick up GPS trackers and shit? Like, what? He has a pip boy but he doesn't oh, have right. the pit boy doesn't fucking it's so this is amazing so they get hit with a fucking grenade and it sends stallone flying off the bridge into the abyss of waters below and the expendables are taken hostage as gibson orders his men to find stallone's body but mel gibson was right next to him how did i he got hit with a grenade twice once in the van to knock the van over then another one and it just hits right in between them it should have killed incinerated both of them that made me yeah. laugh really really hard 
So I love that <laughs> so much. That made me so. That made me, it's it's PG 13 armor. That's what that is. <laughs> it's now that was at nighttime. Okay, so suddenly it's daytime. <laughs> and, and the uh, the bad guys they find uh, Stallone and take him prisoner, but he kills them all, of course. And uh, he sneaks up uh, to the plane and finds Arnold, who's just hanging out by the plane. And we get a legit cell phone pro wrestling promo from Mel Gibson, where he says villainous things and shows us the new Expendables are being held captive. And he's, he might be torturing them. I don't know. What do you think? Well, if it was the first movie, yes, that would be torturing them. <laughs> be because uh, if you if you remember, the, yeah, the waterboarding scene from the first movie. But this is PG-13, so we're just going to tie them up and let them hang and just threaten to torture them and not do any torturing at all whatsoever. Yeah, they kind of like shake Ronda Rousey a little bit, and it looks like her face is beat up a little bit, but that's it. And like I said, it's it's this is a this is an independent pro wrestling pro camera or phone camera promo. It's fucking yeah. hilarious. I love that. <laughs> oh man, that made me laugh. So um, so it turns out, you know, this is when I realized. I mean, I never thought before that he would, you know, Stallone would ever be able to team up with his old teammates again but i thought to myself what else is he gonna do he kind of has to at this point right i mean what's he gonna do so we get more of mel gibson being evil and like poisoning the minds of the new expendables it's pretty great and he makes really good points about how stallone's an asshole <laughs> it's great because they're kind of like yeah maybe he is a dick <laughs> yep. so, unlike the other bad guys in the other movies uh mel gibson has this kind of like ability to poison the minds of the people around him which is kind of cool i mean it seemed to be like, like that other... heel that has a point right yes yes he certainly does and you know we don't know how much of a point it is we really don't ever find out either so no. <laughs> all right so arnold schwarzenegger and sylvester Stallone. they after all this they just fly back home <laughs> <laughs> they're like see you later and so they go back and Sloan gears up like he's going to go back alone and save the new Expendables. But this is when your guy, Antonio Banderas, he shows up and he begs his way in. This is a great scene, but then it just keeps going. So, like, it just goes on too long. Here's what I mean. So Antonio has all these, like, people that he knows that are awesome that he keeps describing. And you get the feeling he's kind of full of shit about it. And... You know, it, there's this really nonsensical thing here where Stallone tells Antonio, I know why your team let you go. And Antonio's like, yes. What? I don't understand. <sighs> so yeah, it's going to be Antonio. Yeah. I think the implication there is like he talks too much, I guess. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. But, I, but look, this scene is indicative at least for me like i liked it it's fine it is a little too long and that's kind of how i feel about some of these things like you know the montage could have been a bit shorter and like especially since they're not named actors or anything like that you know but it's fine it's still fun well i just thought it was funny that he was like yeah <laughs> i don't understand so they're about to leave it's gonna be these two you know antonio banderas and sloan are gonna go fucking kill uh mel gibson well take him captured captive they gotta take him alive right and um mm -hmm. they're about to leave and what do we get we get hero shot the og expendables are coming of course they are and i like that they don't argue 
I like this Sloan's like, all right, guys, come on. You know what I mean? He doesn't, there's no arguing because thank God we did not need that. We did not need another scene of them going like him going, no, you can't come with me. I'm fucking dying by myself. You know, so um, yeah, that was good. So we get our classic Jason Statham and Stallone sitting in the front seat of the plane scene as Antonio meets the team. He never shuts up. And Harrison Ford calls with Intel. The place they have to go is called Asmanistan. Asmanistan. And I was like, wait, what? Can, can you spell that? Oh, Asmanistan. That is tremendous. That's so, like uh, that's like some kind of joke name that someone would feel like in Asmanistan. Uh, uh, what, what can I think of? Uh, Asmanistan. Yeah, Parmistan. You know. Yeah. Was <laughs> the Parmistan's the Jim Cotta. So uh, anyway, um, all right. So this is this is when my head exploded because I assumed that Jet Li was dead, but here he is, <laughs> Harrison Ford, oh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jet Li meet up to go and support the Expendables. I thought he was dead. What happened? <laughs> I thought everyone was dead in this movie. Yeah, not allowed, not allowed to die. So. The nope. Expendables, they're 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 in the woods somewhere, and they're playing. I mean, I guess it's Asmanistan, and they're playing grab ass. And Stallone oh, yeah. does this thing that just I'm like, right, did you guys write this movie? Who wrote this? Because remember earlier when he said, I think I know I team fucking let you go, and he's and like, remember that Stallone goes, yeah. Hey Antonio, why did your team let you go? You told I thought you knew, <laughs> but. This is so we can get the scene that I, you must like because this, this is like the big shining part for Antonio Banderas where it turns out his team are all dead, by the way. They all died, and he has survivor's guilt too. Yay! What'd you think of this? Survivor's guilt too. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Exciting movie. I liked it because by this point, either you're on board with Antonio von Banderas' portrayal or just like, look, we get it. You're annoying me now. And all right, he might be annoying to the viewers. We better humanize him a bit. So uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad for that. That was really nice. Yeah, so yeah, it was a good scene. Okay, all right, you liked it. You know, I thought it was just like I did. I couldn't handle the cognitive dissonance of like the fact that they had just said. I'm just like I just I don't know. But um, it's almost as if like they filmed some things, the script changed, and they filmed others, and then they just smushed the yeah. editing, smushed it all together in the editing. That makes me feel like I'm insulting a movie, which is, I guess, open for insults. But it's also, it's a pretty solid film. So like, it's it's solid for what it is. It's kind of solid. All right, we'll get to recommends here at the All end. Right. <laughs> I didn't say if I recommended it or not. I know. So the Expendables, they climb over these big rocks and they scope out where the new Expendables are being held. It's a bombed out casino, and parts of it are on fire and steaming still, which is pretty funny. And it's yeah. obviously a trap. I really like this like location because they're one of the rooms that they film in is gigantic. It's like the biggest room you've ever seen. And like it's, it's the casino cool. floor, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty floor. neat, man. <clears throat> that was pretty neat. So yep. um I like that. But you know, and, and again, these sets, these could be anywhere. So I, I it blows my mind that they had to go to Bulgaria. You know, I like <laughs> I like uh I like that uh, somewhere in Asmanistan, there's a casino. 
Well, an old one. It's bombed out. Back yeah. from the, you know, the the salad days of Asmanistan. You know, it was, <laughs> you know, back when before the mob moved in. So, <laughs> or before Mel the Osmanian mob. <laughs> right. So he is an Asmanian, isn't he? So, uh, <laughs> all right. So they're climbing over rocks, like I said. Um, I just think it's funny too that the it's a bombed out building and it's still on fire. You're like, when yeah. was it bombed? We don't know. It's uh, it's a trap. There's a Dutch angle and peekaboo shots of the expendable running around, and they easily find the kids, but the whole building is rigged to explode. Oh no! We get another cell phone promo from Mel Gibson, who says that they have 45 seconds to get out, and they stand there and look at each other for a while, and they're like, oh. And then the hacker guy is like, this hacker guy. So it turns out that he lost his pit boy. But Dolph uh, Lundgren, who had been admiring his pit boy earlier, had his own, but he doesn't charge it because he's an old man, which is a pretty funny joke, actually. <laughs> and uh, he only has 9% left. So Hacker Guy uses uh, the pit boy to uh, hack the bombs, which is like, what? And that ends one of the ticking clocks that we got going on here. But it starts another one because the pit boy is at 8% battery and that gives them 25 minutes to get out before the building blows. Oh, a lot going on here, but I kind of like this. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a ridiculous little setup, but hey, we've seen ridiculous shit in these movies before. It's fine. It's, it sets the, sets the stakes and the tension. It's good. It's good stuff. I, I knew you would think the pit boy joke was funny too. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's totally a pit boy. As soon as you said, I was like, yeah, it is a pit boy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Mel Gibson is like, oh, shit, they got the people. Well, I'm going to send in another round of troops. He runs, all, all these troops are in to, to uh, surround the building. And uh, he's in this, like, makeshift control center watching all this on monitors. And um, we get a speech by Stallone because the Expendables are kind of like they're, like, fighting with the other Expendables a little bit. And uh, he makes them unite under his banner and plan the escape. And it's like two sentences and a bag hitting the ground. That's the like the planning montage. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, here's what we're going to do. Bag hits the ground. And then you do this. And then we go that. And all of a sudden they're running around, you know. So <clears throat> suddenly they're kicking ass. They're shooting everybody. But they're getting outflanked. And then tanks start shooting the building. <laughs> That's freaking crazy. Now, you mentioned earlier that Hacker Guy, we had this amazing setup for Hacker Guy, that he is like climbing man, and that he would use those skills later in a non-contrived way that was totally organic. How did that happen, Luke? <laughs> so he finds himself in like an ele elevator shaft or something like that, and there's explosions and stuff, and now like the elevator's gone, so now he has to kind of climb up to the building, and like there's flames like chasing him and stuff. So unlike at the start where he missed his jump and he's like, oh, I've got a parachute, I'm fine. This time he's got nowhere to parachute. He's got to yeah. make it. Will he make it? Oh my God, does he? Climb? Can't turn into a good. cartoon in that mine shaft or that that elevator shaft, can you? Hell no. You know. Um, it's funny because the reason he has to climb up that shaft is an 80 yard line that just is like, we got to protect that jammer. What? <laughs> what jammer? What's he talking about? <laughs> I don't know what that is. So that's why he's climbing up there. But uh, then we get Ronda Rousey taking a bump where she falls like three stories and lands feet first on a table. <laughs> she's fine, by the way. Doesn't yeah, even, have, doesn't even roll through it or anything. She's just like lands. 
Yeah, it's it's not the hero land. She kind of falls off of it, but it's kind of shit. Um, our team's in trouble as uh, Harrison Ford and Arnold show up and they take out the tanks. But where is Jet Li? Uh, John rides the dirt bike around. He has a dirt bike for some reason. It's so funny. They're in this building and all of a sudden dirt bike goons ride by. And John Smiley's like, oh, I know how to ride a dirt bike. Remember when they set that up earlier? Never happened. And he uh, fucking gets on a dirt bike and starts ramping it all over the place for no reason. I mean, Why we saw him drive they... off in a motorbike earlier, but that doesn't mean he's some kind of dirt bike champion guy. Why were Why were there, um, you know, dirt bikes like dirt bike goons on the third or fourth floor of a bombed out building? <laughs> That's what I want to know. So how'd they get up there? <laughs> Someone lost their dirt bikes in a casino, in a casino yeah. poker game or something, and they were just left there or something because the so. buildings maybe, are fine. Maybe they're as good as John Smiley has because he ramps up to like save somebody, which is hilarious. So, but we got to get this like sexual harassment thing because Ronda Rousey, she's MMA fighting everybody, <clears throat> and uh, but they start shooting at her, and Antonio Banderas, Banderas, Von Banderas, he accidentally saves her, right? Um, so, oh, that doesn't, the sexual harassment doesn't start yet, um, but we get a, oh, here it is, yeah, helicopter fight, and Jet Li finally does something, he shoots down another helicopter, and this is when Antonio Von Banderas finds time to sexually harass Ronda Rousey, and she yeah. gets really cool fight shit to do, though, here, do you, what do you think about her fight stuff here? Uh, I think it's fucking awesome, you hired Ronda Rousey, this is what you want to get out of her, who cares if she's a little wooden with the dialogue. I don't, who gives a shit about that? Everyone is at some point in these movies, right? Uh, unless you're Eric Roberts or Wesley Snipes or Antonio Medeiros or something. But yeah. apart from that, like, you know, who cares? If you can't do the talky good, let's hope you can do the action good and that'll make up for it. And it does. She's absolutely bad ass in this, in this scene. She's really good. Even though like every time she gets close to Antonio Medeiros, he's like, Oh, you fight good. You're really sexy. Um, <laughs> That's pretty close. You know, um, <laughs> I've been thinking so, about you the whole time. Randy Couture and Dolph uh, Ziggler, you know, that's why I'm eventually wondering. <laughs> there it is. Sorry. So uh, <clears throat> they steal Tank, which is pretty funny. And then remember how there was this other guy in the movie at the beginning? He was real important. They, like, saved him. What was his name? Oh, Wesley Snipes. So he's in this yeah, movie. Right. And him and Jason Statham have knife guy moment and they team up to fight Mel Gibson's heater and some goons uh, who exist all of a sudden. It's funny. There's like um, all of a sudden Mel Gibson has a heater character that just yeah. shows up to fight those guys. And it's like, where did he come from? Where is Stone and Cold? Where's Scott Atkins? Nah. I hey, like Stone Cold. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, as far as I'm aware, um, you know, Scott Atkins doesn't beat women but yeah <laughs> well, that's so outrageous that i can't believe that the first movie uh, you gotta go back and listen to that if you want a good oh chuckle that's uh, not really funny but it is but um yeah. so more soldiers are on the way harrison ford is going to evacuate them from the roof and that dude uh john smiley he ramps his dirt bike up the building to help stallone um Mel Gibson gets frustrated and he's like, I got to do everything myself. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go fucking kick ass. And the Expendables are about to get away. We learn that Jet Li is working for Arnold now because he pays more in an ADR line. So that's right. the thing that happened. Great. I guess we Thanks needed to know the mystery of why Jet Li wasn't around all the time. I'm I mean, 
maybe you could have done that before they were shooting guns and flying around in helicopters. Just, just an yeah. idea, you know, but uh, now they're all on this chopper. Everybody's on the chopper, but Mel Gibson shoots Stallone because Stallone is the only guy that hasn't made it up yet. And so they have a fist fight. Now, um, Luke, we've we've seen many of these end fight scenes, you know, though we had JCVD versus Stallone. We had uh, Eric Roberts versus Stallone. Now we have Mel Gibson versus Stallone. What do you think? Well, the Eric Roberts versus Stallone isn't that big a deal. I'd say Eric, uh, Stallone versus Stone Cold. But, you know, he it's it's more there's more drama to it, I guess, in terms of there's more talking and all that kind of stuff for actual fighting. It's mostly just both men punching each other repeatedly in the face, and that's about it. It's still good. It's it's fun. You've got the added stakes of, oh, the, the pit boy is now 1%. He's got to get out of there or the right. building is going to blow. You know, the same building that, like, Mel Gibson must know is going to blow up as well, but decided to run in there because, like, you know, all these goons are shit at their jobs. Uh, because are. not one of the expendables gets hurt. Well, well no, it's bit, a complete. Yeah. It's decimating when yeah. when one of them gets hurt. Like uh, it's times ten. It so, would break their morale big time. But yeah, so it's it's a shorter fight than those ones, I guess. Uh, but uh, you know, still pretty satisfying to see uh, uh, Mel Gibson bite the dust and the ending. Because like the whole thing is, Harrison Ford wants. Uh, Mel Gibson Stonebanks to be taken alive to face like war crimes in the Hague. Right. Yeah. And the Hague. At the, at the, yeah. And at the end of the, at the movie, oh, well, hey, we're at the end of the movie. I can say it now. His Mel, Mel Gibson's kind of like kneeling there going, what about the Hague? Which is, he might as well have just said there, uh, diplomatic immunity. And then uh, Sly's oh. like, yeah, fuck you guys, and just shoots him dead. So, yeah. It's a. Uh, I liked it. It's not so not as good as maybe the JCVD fight, but that's fine. Well, and Stallone gets his one-liner in. We know him for saying "I am the law," and so he says "I am the Hague," like that at the end. Yes, is, that's the know, line. Yeah, so that was pretty good. And then the building starts falling down as Stallone runs for the chopper. Um, they all watch the building explode as sad music's played. And it's funny because it reminds me of that scene, one of the scenes in Indiana Jones where they all think he's dead, but he's just standing behind them going, what are you guys yeah. looking at? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> so, it's kind of like that. But then, you know, it's not played for laughs because here's what happens. Of course, he's fine. He's I can't believe it. He's clinging to the rope and he climbs in. And uh, you know what you do after a successful mission? You go to a bar in New Orleans. So our day Numar takes place in the New Orleans bar, and they cheers T-Money, who's totally fine now, fine enough to get drunk at a bar. He has like a, a cane, you know, and he yeah. gives the lucky ring back. It turns out a uh, nurse didn't steal it, which is shocking. And, uh, you know, everyone from the movie shows up, every single person from the movie, like Kelsey Grammer's there, everybody's there. And you know, like what young people love, like it's, I mean, we know about dubstep and, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the, like polyphonic stuff that like kids love and whatnot. And I mean, they all fucking love Neil Young. I mean, they love him. So what do the kids do? They yeah. sing the Neil Young classic that all the kids love, Old Man. Old oh, Man, you like that? Luke, what'd you think of Expendables 3? I liked it. I think it's a, a little long. This one's like two hours. Uh, it doesn't yes, it need was. to be. 
Uh, I reckon you could have cut that down another 15 minutes, shortening things here and there, just tightening up the film. I think it might have made it a little punchy, a little better. But uh, even still, despite that, uh, I think I think I agree with you. I think I enjoy this more than the first two. It's just got a bit of a charm. It's a bit more straightforward. It doesn't waste time getting to the story like the first two. You know, you've got to have those pre-credit sequences. This one's like just straight into it. So, yeah, uh, I think what saves this one as well is you've got a lot of really good actors. And sometimes that could mean like there's too many chefs in the kitchen. But in, in this case, they really sell the film really well. Like you wouldn't think Kelsey Grammer would have such a really cool role, but he does. Antonio Banderas fits in really well. Uh, Wesley Snipes as Dr. Death is is, is quite good. Uh, the new guys, eh, who cares? But you get a cameo by Robert Darby. Harrison Ford looks like he's having an absolute fucking blast being there <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he gets yeah. to be he gets to be cool old man action guy and he gets to fly stuff, which is what he likes to do <laughs> anyway. So I feel like a lot of the like uh, people are having a blast and that kind of translates as to, to what I'm watching as well. So uh, if they look like they're having a good time, that sells it to me. I feel like I'm having a good time too. What did you think, Danny? I love this movie. I thought it was great. You know, is it a great movie? Absolutely not. Is it a fucking no. blast? Yes. Yeah. And like, I, again, I, I don't know if it's something that's good about it, but the fact that it's PG 13, I noticed, you know, immediately almost as soon as i'm watching it and it didn't hurt the movie which is not normal so that's something to say for it you know is that like it's hard for most movies that are of adult subject matter to handle it in a pg-13 way that is like not yeah. cheesy and shitty and not that this movie isn't cheesy and shitty but i think that they i don't know i liked it and uh, i thought this was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun watching it luke do you recommend Expendables 3, and how does it rank among Expendables films so far? I do recommend this movie. In fact, uh, if you haven't watched the first two, don't worry about it. They're all fairly standalone anyway. There's not really all that much in terms of continuity and shit like that. So if you, if you were to watch one of these movies, watch Expendables 3. Yeah, I thought it was a really good really good time. Does overstate welcome just a teeny tiny bit for me. But uh, even even without with its shortcomings, like the PG thirteen stuff, I would have before I would have noticed a lot more. But hey, uh, which is maybe that explains why there's like only one female character in this movie. I'm like, if they had more than that, the sexual harassment would be a little too high, and they'd have to bump it up to. <laughs> I don't know. This is coming up with these dumb theories as to why it's PG thirteen. But uh, no, I don't think it really hurts the film film at all like uh, oh no they didn't say naughty words and a man didn't explode in a uh pail of cgi blood oh no that's, that's sad that's sad what about sad. you do you recommend this movie well how how does this one rank amongst your, oh uh, well if i was to rank them uh i'd go backwards expendables three expendables yeah. two expendables yeah that's that's me too i do recommend this movie i didn't recommend the first one i did recommend the second one i do recommend this one it's a yes or no thing and i absolutely do this is a fun movie it's a good time and if you want to watch it with a critical eye it's even funnier because it's just absurd <laughs> and there's so much goofy shit but it's like i don't know it's like well balanced somehow with i i thought the performances were really good and i love mm. mel gibson as a bad guy and i thought it was like wow okay this is what an expendable expendables movie could be and it reminded me 
of when I would watch like an an edited action movie on TV. You know, you'd watch like an R-rated action movie, Predators yeah. on on cable. That's kind of what this is like, like watching Predator on cable. It's like, yeah, it's still the same thing, but it's not quite the same thing, but I still love it. And so that's kind of what this was like a little bit, but I felt like it, I don't know, it just seemed like it was more focused and made more sense, you know, as far as stories go and stuff like that. It seemed like it was more simple. So I really enjoyed this. It was fun to uh, do the, uh, you know, Expendables trilogy because, you know, they'll never make another movie of this, right? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. You say that right now, but, yeah, they are making an Expendables 4, which yeah. comes out this year. Yeah. Do you want to hear some of the cast for this? Like, yeah, uh, let's let's hear who's going to All be right. This. We got, well, of course, we got Stallone, Statham, Dolph Lundgren, and Randy Couture, and then... Uh, Oh man, isn't that Terry Crews? Oh, okay. So we've got Megan Fox. Oh, 50 Cent. Yeah. Andy Garcia. Oh, okay, cool. He better be the bad guy. Uh, Tony R, who is freaking oh, he's awesome. tremendous. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eco UA and uh, Lever Tran, I think, are pretty cool action stars as well. I'm pretty sure I've seen some of their work. One dude's in the raid, I think. I think yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah, which yeah. he's fucking amazing. So, yeah. So, uh, hey. That's uh, that seems like a pretty solid cast. Uh, Any wrestlers? Don't think so. Okay. Not, that, not, that I say. not even. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm probably gonna review it. Well, you do whatever you oh. want to do with your life, Luke. But I'm gonna <laughs> do what I want to do. And uh, and if as long as there's no wrestlers, we're done with uh this uh type of movie however i'm sure roman reigns is in it or something so you know we'll find out but uh now i, I appreciate you yeah i appreciate you joining me on this journey back to the you know years of 2012 up to 2014 who knows if we'll ever make it back you know to how times were then but it was fun to go back and watch these shows so luke uh for me my guest luke and uh to all the listeners thank you guys so much for listening 